Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Chaim Musa Habusha Halevi Ben Gurjie. Alava Shalom, Liluin Nishmat Chaim Musa Habusha Halevi Ben Gurjie, sponsored by Rachelin Habusha. As well, um, Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Ben Chakshur, dedicated in honor of his wife Limor and in celebration of the birth of their new baby girl, Mazal Tov. Congratulations. Week of Cobra is sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Hashtag donate your time. And finally, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in celebration of the birth of their first granddaughter, Batsheva Cohen, which we just named, and in honor of her proud parents, Charna and Yehoshua Cohen, sponsored by grandparents, Chana and Rabbi Shlomo and family, to school the Gadela Torah Lahopa. Okay, Rabotai, let's learn some Torah. And may the Zechut be uh, there for each and every one of the people who sponsored this morning. The Pasuk says, Vayomer Hashem el Avraham, and God said to Avraham, Why is this that Sarah left Lemor saying, Ha'af umnam eled, ve'ani zakanti? Will I still be able to give birth? I'm old. She's laughing. What is she laughing at? She just heard not the monologue of, uh, you know, of a, a late night comedy show. She did not hear the best knock knock joke. What made Sarah Imenu laugh? The news that she was going to be a mother. Um, the Malachim came and gave her the Bissorah, the news. They told Abraham in front of Sarah, they said, Next year, this time, you're going to have a baby, uh, a baby boy. And Sarah Imenu laughs. And Hashem gets upset at Sarah. And he tells Abraham, Lamma ze sahaka Sarah. Why did Sarah laugh? What is it, you know, why did she say that uh, I'm, I'm too old to have, to have a child? Now the Sifarim ask uh, a very interesting question. Because if you look earlier, when God tells Abraham, that he's going to have a child. We find the same thing. The Pasuk says, Vayipol Avraham al-Panav, Vayitzhak. And Avraham fell on his face and he began to laugh. So what is the difference between Avraham who laughs, who doesn't get uh, reprimanded or chastised by God, and Sarah who seemingly does the same thing as her husband, also laughs um, and, and gets... gets uh, Akadosh um, Baruch telling her off. So there's different answers that are given to this question. But I'd like to share an interesting answer and perhaps a unique perspective on how a person uh, should live their life. Now, the Meshech Ochmah explains a magnificent response. He says as follows. We know the Pasuk tells us, in Devarim, the Pasuk tells us that a person has an obligation to listen to a prophet, to a Navi. But conversely, the only prophet that you have an obligation to listen to is a prophet of truth. A prophet who's telling a lie, not only are you not allowed to listen to him, but also he gets the death penalty, masquerading as a prophet of God. Uh, when, the, when the person is actually just uh, trying to do it for his own honor, his own benefit, that's a, a terrible thing. So in such a case, there's a very strict punishment. I'm not talking about if a guy has mental health challenges and he thinks, uh, you know, he's hearing voices or something. You know, there's no punishment to, for a guy being nuts, 
right? Um, guy being unfortunately unwell, or, or you know. But when a person's doing it on purpose, maliciously, in order to manipulate people, um, specifically using the name of, of uh, a God, in such a case, there's a, a very bad punishment. So the question is asked: If you're not supposed to listen to a navi that's telling that's false, and you are supposed to listen to a navi that tells the truth. How are we, as mere mortals, you know, how are we supposed to tell the difference? How do you know if the guy is a Navi Sheker, a, guy, a false prophet, or the guy, you know, or a, or, a, or a legitimate prophet? Now, the Rambam writes something amazing. He says, if you look at the Pasuk, you see that the Torah already gives the answer. Asher diber yidaber Navi b'shem Hashem. How do you know if he's a Navi Sheker? If the Navi speaks in the name of God, and that thing that the Navi said was going to happen, it doesn't come to pass. It doesn't come true. And Rambam writes very specifically, very interesting, in his Haktama to Pirush Mishnayot, to the uh, explanation of Mishnayot, Rambam writes, if a Navi tells you that something good is going to happen and it doesn't happen, then you know he's a Navi Sheker. What if a Navi tells you something bad is going to happen and then it doesn't happen? Does that tell you that he's a false prophet? No. Maybe Hashem changed it for good. Where do we have an example of this? We have an example of this of Yonah. Yonah comes to Ninveh and he says, another 40 days, Ninveh Nepach, it's going to be turned over. It's going to be destroyed. The king himself puts on sackcloth and ashes. They did two teshuvah, each and every person in this kingdom of Nineveh. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu changes the Gezerah and changes it to good. So when, it, when the Navi says something bad is going to happen, it doesn't happen, he's not, it doesn't prove he's a Navi Sheker. Maybe it illustrates that Hashem had uh, a kindness, a change of heart. But when the Navi says that God said something good was going to take place, something good was going to happen, in a scenario like that, where something good, good is going to happen, doesn't come true, that's how you know that in that scenario, that person is unfortunately a Navi Sheker. Now, here's where it gets so interesting. Because what that means is that when God promises something good is going to happen, kol dibur, says the Gemara Berachot, any word that comes out of the mouth of God, letovah, for good, afilu altinai, even if it's on a condition, eno chozer bo. God does not go back on His word. Now, that's interesting, because think about this logically for a minute. Let's say God said something bad was going to happen, and then everyone did teshuvah. So God changes His mind, so to speak, and instead of doing the good that He wanted to do, the bad that He wanted to do, what does He do instead? He averts the gezerah. He, uh, he, gives, he, um, you know, say, he saves the day. Masha'enken, why couldn't the opposite also be true? Let's say He promised something good. And then everyone did all sorts of sins. Right? So in such a case, you'd expect God also to be able to hit the pause button and not deliver on the promises He gave. And the Sepharim say something unbelievable. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you this mechanism to be able to tell the difference between a Navi Sheker and a Navi Emet, then God cannot renege on words of good that He promised because if he did so, number one, you would think that this Navi is a false prophet. But number two, it would remove the ability that we have to be able to discern between a good prophet and a bad prophet. I was thinking, 
If you want to get away with it, you become one of those prophets that only predicts doomsday scenarios. That way, if you're right, everyone thinks you're a prophet. If not, you're not a Navi Sheker. You say, look how kind Hashem is, okay? So if you're in, you want to be, get out of the non-profit business, into the profit business, that's the way to do it, without the bad din coming for you, okay? So the question that the Meshach Chochmah asks, and follow the logic here, the Meshach Chochmah asks, if that's the case, that on every good nevuah, a good prophecy, God doesn't renege, God doesn't go back on it once he says it. So the question is, God told Yaakov Avinu, he told him he was going to be with him, he was going to protect him, he was going to bring him back to the land of his father, to his father's house. So it says that, and Yaakov was very afraid. What was Yaakov afraid of? If God had promised him something good, we know God doesn't promise good and not deliver, in order that there shouldn't be a scenario where the person, the Navi becomes considered a Navi Sheker, a false prophet. So why was Yaakov worried? When Esav came, God had already promised him that something good was going to come. And anything that God promises through a Navi, good that's going to come, there's nothing to worry about. You know it's coming true. What was Yaakov worried about? And the Meshach Chochmah answers, and here's, we bring it around full circle. He says that's only when the Navi told Someone, when it became evident to a third party, the God spoke to the Navi, and the Navi says, Hashem said it's going to rain today. We're going to finally have rain. And then it doesn't come true. That makes him a Navi Sheker, right? But if the Nevu'ah was not shared with anybody, if it only came to you as an individual, so then if it doesn't come true because you sinned, no one thinks you're a Navi Sheker. So therefore, in a scenario when the Nevu'ah was not given to a third party, so in such a situation, it could always uh, become, it could always not be fulfilled because the person didn't merit to have that miracle happen. Everyone got this so far? So now says the Mishnah Chochmah, something unbelievable. That's why Yaakov was afraid. Because the Nivu'ah, who, who told Yaakov that, uh, that God said that he was going to be protected? Nobody. God told him directly. Yaakov, nobody else knew about that Nivu'ah. So therefore, Yaakov could not become considered a Navi Sheker. So therefore, he didn't have this, in, this you know, the fact that if, it's, if a good Nivu'ah comes, then you have in your pocket, it's going to be kept. Says the Meshech Chochmah, unbelievable. Avraham laughs. But God told who that Avraham was going to have a child? God told Avraham, direct. So when Avraham laughs and says, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's wondering, maybe by the time the, 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 the Nebuah is supposed to come true, we will have not, not married it, we would have not done the right, enough mitzvot, we would have done something wrong. So Avraham laughs, because the Nebuah was said only to him. But here, that the Nebuah was said to Avraham, and Sarah Imenu heard it, because it says that Sarah was standing behind. If Sarah heard the Nivu'ah being told to Abraham, then immediately, already now, it's considered a Nivu'ah that was shared with another. And therefore, it's guaranteed locked in stone. So God says to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Because now it's a Nivu'ah that was nitparsim, that was expanded, given to someone else. I want to add one chidush based on this. According to this Meshech Chochmah, I thought of a chidush this morning. Our rabbis tell us that when Yosef had his dreams, he went and told his brothers. And the brothers hated him because his dream illustrated that he was going to be the favored son, that he was going to be the one that was going to be the leader. Now, can I ask you a simple question? Is Yosef a fool? Is he an idiot? Does he not know how to read the room? 
Is he tone deaf? He sees that they're all upset about the fact that he has a special relationship with his father. He knows that. He's not stupid. So when you have a, a dream and the dream comes to you and, and it illustrates that you're going to be the leader, why would he share with his brothers? Keep that stuff to yourself. It doesn't cause any problems. And they hated him. On his dreams and on his words. And the answer is, Yosef is no fool. But if he keeps the dream to himself, then the prophecy is only to him. And then there's no guarantee that this good prophecy is going to come true. The minute Yosef shares the nevuah with his brothers, what is he doing? It's now nitparsem. So now the nevuah has to come true. And that's the pshat, why it says, and they hated him al on his dreams, ve'al divaravan on his words. Because the minute he shared it, it came out of his mouth. And now they heard what he dreamed. Now it had to come true. Isn't that magnificent? What a beautiful chidush to be able to start our day with. Okay? My friends, so I want to end and wrap up this idea and how this is relevant to the lives of each and every person in their life. I don't know any Navis. I don't, you guys, I don't know, do you guys know? Maybe you guys have the phone number. You have them saved in your phone, you know. You know, I save in my phone, rabbi this, rabbi that. No, anyone else? No, you guys don't. How do you save? You save rabbi? Uh, you know, I have certain people with uh, d- specific names in my phone uh, already from uh, maybe six, seven, eight years ago when Charna was young. I have her saved in my phone as Charna the Awesome, right? She's, that's how she said. So yeah, I don't know if you have a prophet in your phone, you know, Navi this one, Baba Sali, I don't know, okay? I don't know any prophets. How is this relevant to all of us, what is the Torah giving us this message for us? What, is it necessary for me and you? And the answer is a magnificent concept. Perhaps not in the realm of a Navi or a Navi Sheker. That might not be relevant to us today uh, as it was in the past. But one part of the message I think is resonant, is powerful, and is clear. Sarah. Sarah left at the possibility, am I going to give birth? I'm old. Listen to this. You know what the answer is? You could have two people laugh. You could have two people wonder. You could have two people that think uh, that something is unlikely. One person might think that the tzihaka, like Abraham's laugh, was how unlikely is that? How ridiculous? How, you know, and in fact, by the way, the nature of humor is the gift of the unexpected, right? A punchline is funny because you don't see it coming. If it's obvious what the punchline is going to be, there's no joke, right? In fact, there's a setup and then there's the joke. Even in humor where they had these double acts, there was one person who was the straight man and then he was literally setting up the joke so that when the joke comes, the punchline's unexpected and that makes you laugh, okay? So the fact that Avram laughs at this outland... That, that seems the same as Sarah, but in fact, perhaps there was a slight difference. What, what Hashem and only God could know the difference in someone's heart. What Hashem noticed with Avraham is that Avraham left because it was unlikely, it was funny, it was, you know, outlandish, she's going to come to shul. You know, I still think it's crazy that I'm a grandpa, I'm a 43 years old. So I laugh about it. It's, it's like funny to me that I wake up and overnight you become a grandfather, Right? But Sarah's laughing was, how could that happen? I'm old. 
Not that's funny, that's unexpected, that's surprising, that causes laughter. But she actually on some level doubted if that could happen to her. I want to draw an illustration from somewhere else. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he's about to take the Jewish people out of Egypt, God says, take the Jews out, take the Jews out, take the Jews out. And Moshe says no. And the crux of why Moshe says no is because he says, I can't. How can I take the Jews out? Right? I am kvad peh, kvad lashon. I have a speech impediment. I can't speak properly. God says to him something unbelievable. He says, what do you mean you have a speech impediment? You can't speak. Who, who gives a mouth to a person? Who gives a person the power of speech? I do. Hashem is effectively telling Moshe, I, I can, if I want you to speak properly, I can make you speak properly. Right? It sounds like God's saying, you worried about your speech? Don't worry. I got you. I'm the one. I made speech. I invented speech. Right? It's like Al Gore, except it was true. Okay? So, do you understand? Right? I invented. God, God said, I invented speech. Do you hear this? Listen to this. This is magnificent. But does God actually heal Moshe when he takes the job? He doesn't. And we've had many answers for that over the years. What God was saying to Moshe is not, I can fix speech. I can fix you. I'm going to fix you. What God is saying to Moshe is, even if I don't fix you, it just happens to be that I didn't fix you. For you to live without the possibility of being healed, that's a lack of emunah. Don't you think I could if I wanted to? I might have my reasons. I might never heal you. God wasn't saying. He never promised them explicitly he was going to heal Moshe. He never says that. But he says to Moshe, you think you can't do this because you can't speak? Don't you think if I wanted you to speak, I could fix it like that? Hashem says to Avram, why is Sarai Menu laughing? Is it hard for me to do that? Moshe says, where are the birds? How am I going to give them all meat? God says, what, you don't think I could give them all meat? In a second, in the middle of the desert? I bring deli sandwiches? I could do whatever I want. My friends, there's a very powerful lesson here. And that is, it's not that we have to expect. We have to demand good things happen to us in our lives. But the idea is that even if it does, comes or doesn't come, a person has an obligation to live with the optimism and the hope that something good will come. That if it's supposed to be, it will be, it can be. This idea, and people think about this all the time, you know, this idea that you see someone and they win the lottery. You see someone and they get a great job. They have an unbelievable relationship, a fantastic marriage. You know, and you think to yourself, you know, you know, I don't know, you know, why would I ever have that? Why should that ever, why would that ever happen to me? Why not you? Why not you? I was at a wedding yesterday, and there was a woman there, and she was already, uh, a, 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 I think, a great-grandma, you know, many times over, and, and she said, you know, I wish I could get married again. I said, oh, that's so nice. She says, no, I mean, I wish I could get married again so you could perform the wedding. I really liked your wedding. I was like, That's a, that is a very, very strong wish right there. <laughs> you like the wedding so much you want to get married again just to have, and then you're done with the marriage, like, so long as we finish the chuppah. She goes, no, she goes, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. I said, why don't you, why don't you want to get married again? She said, you know, no, Ubi, my husband was a very hard act to follow. 
What a be- first of all, what a beautiful thing for someone, you know, when I'm gone after 120, my wife is a couple months younger than me. She's got a few more months at the end there, right? When I'm, when I'm dead at 120, I hope my wife says that about me. Like, you know, you know, that, you know he's, what, he's a hard, not, you know, hard act to follow. He's a good man, treated me right. And I said to her, so what? Just because someone is getting on in years means that they can't want, hope, uh, uh, expect things to be good? Why not you? You know, you, you finish your career, you retired, you know, you want to feel useful, you want to get a job. Why not you? Why not you? You know, you see someone that's doing, that has a tremendous amount of success, and you think, oh, that can never happen to me. That only happens to lucky people. Yeah, but lucky people also got lucky. Why, why not you? God looks at Sarah Imenu and he says, Lama zetzachaka, Sarah. Why, why is she laughing? She's only, she's only 89 years old, <laughs> right? And she's never had kids. Why, why is she laughing at the fact, don't push bracha away. You walk into a room thinking, I'm too old. You walk into a room thinking, I can never get this job. You walk into a room thinking, I can never make this happen. I can never be elected to a, the synagogue board. I can never make a difference in the world. You know what will happen. You won't make a difference. Not because you couldn't, but because you thought you couldn't. Why not you? What an unbelievable lesson we learn from this, uh, from this. Now, it doesn't mean actually, by the way, that it has to happen. But we have to live our lives with that feeling. Why not me? I also deserve something good. Not demanding. Not entitlement. I deserve. How come it's not happening to me? But you know what? Why not me? Why can't I try? Why can't I hope? Why can't I? Everybody has those opportunities. And I'll tell you something. It's not always the smartest guys that are the richest. And it's not always the nicest and most handsome men that get an amazing wife. And it's not always the person who's most qualified, who makes a huge difference in the world. They're not, those people, they're not, I've met them. They're not always all that. Sometimes they're kvad peh and they're kvad lashon and God smiles on them. But when the time comes, it has to be that they're ready to be able to think to themselves, why not me? And not laugh at the suggestion, not laugh at the possibility of miracles happening for them. My friends, I wish you the optimism of a lama tzachaka. I wish you the ability to have a smile on your face to walk into every day and to think that something great might happen today. When you walk into life that way, uh, I, I imagine you emit a very different energy and vibrations both to the people around you but also to Borei Olam in heaven who thinks to himself if he thinks it's possible if he believes that it is possible maybe yet it shall be so Baruch Amen Amen